Hello there, folks. You're listening to the Sort Yourself Out podcast, where we discuss powerful, top-down, inside-out approaches to uplifting your life on all levels, helping you to free yourself of the hang-ups and blockages that hinder your well-being so you can leap forward, feeling great in your own skin and giving your best to the world. Today, we're discussing how to know if you're ready to sort yourself out. And I reluctantly reveal my most embarrassing, my most shameful, and yes, folks, the most disgusting, and yet kind of hilarious if it didn't happen to you, personal story that you would have thought would have forced me to sort myself out, and yet, alas, did not. So stay tuned, sit yourself comfortably, and be ready to cringe and shiver alongside me. And mum, if you're listening, switch off now. This is definitely a case where ignorance is bliss. I'm your host, Janine Hunt, natural health therapist for over 30 years, hypnotherapist, lifelong student, and spiritual seeker. I like to seek out the most effective practices and techniques that provide the greatest bang for my buck and the fastest route to freedom from whatever is holding us back. I can't wait to share with you these powerful techniques so that you too can sort yourself out, know deeper meaning in your life, and best of all, a sense of inner peace. So let's get started. Well, hello there, and thank you so much for joining me today. Today, we're discussing how to know if you're ready to sort yourself out. Now, I know it sounds like it should be a fairly obvious thing for a person to know. But I'm telling you, this is something that many people struggle with when it comes to making a change in their lives. Maybe you've noticed it yourself. You feel like you want to make a change. You need to make a change. You know you need to make a change. You try again and again, but you just can't seem to make it stick. Or worse, you can't even get started. Or perhaps you feel like you know what you need to do, You know the steps to take, but you just cannot make yourself do it. We usually have to be really motivated to make a change in our lives, to break out of our habitual patterns of behavior, of thinking, of being. These things can be hard work, and if we're not sufficiently motivated, or if the stakes aren't high enough, we may find ourselves backsliding reverting to old unwanted ways, or making false start after false start. And that can be so dispiriting and demoralizing that we end up feeling burnt out with the whole process. So perhaps you've been bummed out for a long time and you're thinking there's got to be more to life than this. Or maybe you do or say something and think, Oh no, I can't believe I did that. I need to sort myself out. And sometimes we just need to hit rock bottom or have a serious scare or get totally fed up before we'll make a change. Uh, The change that we know we need to make and really succeed at making it permanent. But here is the major point about being ready to sort ourselves out. We have to reach that point where it's less painful to make the change than it is to carry on as we are. Now, I was in this situation myself 
many years ago. I was a drinker. I loved my wine. And on a good day, or I guess a bad one, I'd get through rather a lot of it. Now, I'm not going to go into all the details of it here and now, as I discussed that quite a bit in episode two. But for the sake of clarity here, I will tell you that I was not able to stop drinking despite many attempts spanning several years until I was having some serious health issues related to it. Now, here it comes, that embarrassing little story I mentioned earlier. Oh, God, perhaps against my better judgment, but it illustrates my point so nicely that I'm just going to, shall we say, spew it out. So I was 20 years old or so, living in Toronto. And one night, I went to meet a great friend of mine in a bar after work for drinks and dinner. We started on the rye and ginger ales. Then we moved on to the Bloody Caesars. Then we had wine and some food, which was too little, too late. And then we hit the dreaded ice cream and Oreo cookie cocktails. Now, we had a lovely time, but can you guess what happened? Well, you probably won't guess this. The upshot is that I came to, I awoke, I regained consciousness in the back of a police car covered in my own vomit. Oh, God, it's just so gross. There, I said it. It's just, oh, it makes me cringe to this day. So what happened, so they tell me, was this. I had got on the subway to go home after my drinks with my friend, and I passed out and puked up all over, yes, all over myself and my brand new wool winter coat. I'd gone to the end of the subway line and back again until some undoubtedly disgusted subway worker wanted to close up for the night and called the cops to take me away. Definitely not my proudest moment. Seriously, I spent years cringing in shame at the mere thought of this situation. Now, at the time, the cops wanted to call my parents, but I begged, I really begged them to just take me home to my apartment where I lived with my roommate. <laughs> they agreed after much wailing and gnashing of teeth on my part. I mean, let's face it, they were probably just glad to get the stinking, disgusting, gibbering and crying mess that was me out of their car. And that was bad enough. I'm lucky that it did not take a turn for the worse that night. You know, a young woman, hammered, passed out. I could have been raped. I mean, anything could have happened. But that vomit probably protected me. So folks, I tell you this deeply an embarrassing and disgusting and gross story as an example of what you would have thought would have been a defining experience in my life 
where I'd say, enough, I can't go on like this, I've got serious problems. But no, even after that awful, cringe-making experience, I was not ready to sort myself out. It took me another 18 years to deal with it. So in my case, I had to hit rock bottom. Basically, my body was going numb. And this is how bad it was. It had been going on for years, developing, numbness spreading from the extremities, from my fingers and my feet inward, coming up my legs. And I could even feel it in my face and in my nose and my lips, and still I could not stop. I was just not sufficiently motivated to change until it got really serious and I could not ignore it any longer. And then, when I was ready, a miracle came along that allowed me to stop drinking and be free of the desire to drink forever. And that, believe it or not, was a book called How to Control Your Alcohol by Alan Carr. And I was just amazed that after years of unsuccessfully trying to control my drinking, that a book had freed me in a matter of days. It still seems like a miracle today, more than 15 years on. Basically, Alan Carr's books, he also has one to quit smoking, which I used and which I recommend. His books unbrainwash you. They debunk the ideas you have about your addiction and why you drink or smoke. They reorganize your thoughts so that you see things entirely differently and with clarity. So this book, or rather, the way this book worked, had a hugely profound effect on me. I was so amazed and fascinated by the power of the mind to cure me, to actually free me of my long-held and deep-seated addictions that I went on to train as a hypnotherapist. But one thing I discover in myself and see again and again in my clients is that you've got to be truly ready to change. You can go to see a hypnotherapist to quit smoking, but if you're not 100% ready, it ain't gonna happen. And I cannot tell you the number of times that I have offered healing advice to people and they have not been prepared to take the necessary steps on the path to healing. And it took me a long time to learn that not everyone wants to heal and or they don't want to hear it from me. But if you asked them, they would say, sure, of course I want to be better. I want to be healthy. I want to be free of this problem. But in reality, they're just not ready. And people have many reasons for not facing their demons or sorting themselves out in minor ways. Some people 
are too deeply ensconced in their victimhood. They are utterly identified with their pain and suffering. It feels like they are their pain. It's who they are. And so who would they be without it? Other people really like the attention and sympathy they get when they talk about their issues. And usually, boy, can these people talk. So they don't want to give that up, even though it means continuing to suffer. Other people worry that they will distance themselves from friends and family if they make a big change in their lives. This is a real concern for people and can be a huge factor in not making a necessary change. Have you ever noticed that the people around you tend to have similar issues to you? They may love you, but when you decide to change your life, you hold up a mirror that reflects to them what's not working in their life, and maybe they don't want to see it or aren't ready to change yet themselves. So it can be uncomfortable for everybody. And there are loads of people who will only sort themselves out if it's as easy as popping a pill. They're not up for any introspection or any effort on their own part. And that is entirely their prerogative, as long as they don't want to go on to me about it. And others simply haven't found the way yet that will help them to move on from their problems. And, you know, there are lots of unknowable energies at work in the world that lead us to make a change when the timing is right and when we will most benefit from it. Now, looking at my story, if I had been inspired to stop drinking after my alarming, potentially dangerous, an undoubtedly revolting upchucking and passing out on public transport experience, probably not much else in my life would have changed. Sometimes it just has to get worse before it gets better, before a real transformation can take place. When I did finally quit drinking at 38, I thought, woohoo, my problem is over. I've sorted myself out, and I've talked about this one before too. But in fact, it was just the beginning of a long process of breaking down those parts of myself so that I could experience a real transformation within myself and within my well-being that went far beyond merely stopping the boozing. It was a big messy reorientation that had me questioning everything I thought I knew about life and that necessitated giving up my cherished ideas about atheism and that led me to reluctantly and grudgingly uh, stepping onto the spiritual path. There was a whole new world of sorting myself out that I had no idea of, just laying in wait for me. And I needed to redeem all those things in my nature that led to me drinking in the first place, 
the lack of self-esteem, the social awkwardness, being young and impressionable. I just do not think this would have happened had I quit boozing at 20 years old. And knowing what I know now, I can feel the hand of my soul in this, in the call to not just stop drinking to improve my health, but to deeply transform and get on the path to doing what I am meant to do in my life. Life is complex, and we have all incarnated in this body, in these circumstances, with these people, in this place, at this time in history, so that we can work some shit out, individually and together, and then move on, healed and wiser. So there we go. The purpose of life in a nutshell, according to Janine. We're working shit out, mes amis. And it's not always obvious to observers or even to ourselves in the midst of it what is going on and the things that are at work on unseen levels. So folks, yes, change can be hard and it can be scary leaving your comfort zone and stepping into the unknown. So how do you know? if you're ready to sort yourself out. Well, a good indication is if it's less painful to stay as you are than to make the change, you may not be ready yet. You may need to go through some more life experiences before you can really free yourself of your problem and arrive at a place where you feel good within yourself. Try not to need to hit rock bottom, though. It's not a required step on the journey to greater well-being. And all that being said, I don't want it to stop you from seeking to heal your life. Sometimes sorting yourself out is incremental and takes place over the course of many years. But healing can also happen in an instant. And maybe that is your destiny. So folks, if you're seeking to make a change in your life, big or small, don't stop trying to sort yourself out. But also, don't be discouraged or beat yourself up if you don't succeed at first. As my story shows, sometimes life has greater things in store for you than you could have imagined. Now, if you haven't listened to any of my other podcasts, you might want to check out episode one on how to be better than happy, where I share my top 10 tips for a fulfilling life. There's lots in there that can get you started on a path to greater well-being. And also, have a look at episode four, where I discuss how to liberate yourself from your self-sabotaging beliefs, thoughts, and behavior patterns. 
and I have created lots of free goodies to help you sort yourself out. So go click around the inspirationcloud.com and see if any speak to you. There's my quick start guide to doable meditation. There's the Life Conspires to Make Me Successful Affirmations audio download. There's the Visualization Essentials Guide. There's the Quantum Liberation Spa and the Inner Smile Guided Meditations. So go crazy and enjoy. Well, we're keeping it short and sweet today, peeps. So I am sending you all my love and healing wishes as you tread your own inner journey of healing. I'm here to help. And if you have any specific questions, drop me an email. Have a good one, folks, and I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I really hope you found it helpful and full of uplifting ideas that you can put into practice in your life. And if you have, chances are your friends and family will too. So please share it with them on social media. You'll be helping them to sort themselves out because I bet you think they need it, right? But seriously, you'll also be doing me a huge favor in return, and I will be eternally grateful and sending loving vibes your way. I would also love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes, preferably a nice one, please. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, too. If you have any questions or would like me to address a certain topic, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at info at theinspirationcloud.com. Have a good one, folks. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week.